Hello, this is Justin Coleman, Senior Pastor at University UMC, and this is our podcast. I hope these messages engage your mind, touch your heart, and inspire you to serve God and your neighbor. Check us out online at universityumc.church. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, University Church family. Please go with me to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Lord, I pray that you would speak through me and perhaps even in spite of me. And so let the humble words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This week we continue on in our Questions of Faith sermon series. Now, in this sermon series, we're trying to touch upon questions that sometimes come to us. Certainly we aren't touching on every question of faith that you may have, but we are hoping to talk about a few. Now, if there are questions that you have about the faith that uh, we've not talked about in a sermon series that you can remember, please email those to me. I'd love to know those, and I'd love to see if there's a way that we can include them in a future sermon series or a future conversation. The question that we will talk about today is, where does evil come from? Where does evil come from? I want to talk a little bit about how we think about evil related to history and and perhaps even different philosophical traditions and how the book of Revelation seeks to help us to understand what's going on cosmically as we think about the problem of evil. Okay, so before we go any further, let's set some context here. So when we think about evil, one of the questions that comes up is, what's the difference between sin and evil? What's the difference between sin and evil? All right, so sin is an action of an individual. This is an action of an individual. So if God, if there's a a law of God that we know, and we transgress that law, we disobey that law, well, that's a sin, something that we do that's wrong. Evil is part of a system, or evil is a system, a system of wickedness. So this is a this is a larger systemic issue. So there's a difference. Sin, an action of an individual, evil, a system of wickedness. Now, philosophically, there are various ways of thinking about evil and how to overcome it. And I'm going to use some broad brush strokes here, but one, let's think about Eastern systems. Eastern systems of philosophy or religion. Often what you have here is is the movement toward a detachment from the world. And what you're trying to get rid of here is desire. So desire is what trips people up. It's what causes uh, evil to be present in the world. And so if you detach oneself from the world, 
you move toward a, a sense of enlightenment or, or, or nirvana, then this is how you mitigate, uh, mitigate evil. Well, then there is a kind of, um, you might call it a, a secular view or a secular, secular enlightenment view. And this is that, yes, evil exists in the world. It is just something that we have to wrestle against. It's always going to be there, and we're always going to wrestle against it. So this is kind of like Camus' picture of uh, Sisyphus, right? So uh, you'll remember that Sisyphus is this one who rolls a rock up a hill. So he's got to roll it up and then down and then up again. This is the constant struggle with against evil. We're constantly pushing against this boulder and this is the system that we're, we're caught in. Constantly pushing it and then it becomes easier going downhill, but you know what? You're going to have to push and press against it again. But then there is a um, Christian, what's the Christian picture? What's the picture that we see uh, also in, in Judaism or these Abrahamic religions as we think about um, the problem of evil? And we call this in, a, in, a, in Christian theology a trilemma. Now, you know what a dilemma is, the struggle between two things, but this is a trilemma. And our trilemma is this, that we believe that God is good, that we believe that God is all-powerful, and we also believe that evil is really evil. <laughs> now, this could probably be complicated in a trilemma. We could add some things to the list, but, but this, is, this is the general problem of evil here. How is a God that is good and a God that is all-powerful, how does this God allow evil that's really, really evil to exist? And so one move is to try to take these first two categories and soften them. Well, maybe God is not all good. Maybe God is not all powerful. And, and uh, some people would say, well, maybe God's not even God at all uh, in this, or at least not the kind of God that we think about. But that's not what Christianity does. That's not what what Scripture does. Scripture acknowledges all three of these. And what our faith tradition presupposes is that one of the ways in which God is good is that God has given us each free will. So to say that God, if God is good and God is powerful, God wouldn't allow this would mean that God would not allow free will, this free will to, to freely love, to, to freely embrace, to freely choose. 
No, God would make us somehow automatons uh, and make us, compel us, therefore stripping us of uh, free will. This is not the kind of God that we believe in. This is not the God of our scriptures. The God of our scriptures is one who gives us free will. Now that free will comes with a responsibility. Um, if we are to trust in God, if we are to follow God, then we seek to align our free will with God's will and God's purposes. But if we move contrary to God's will and God's purposes, then we, well, one, we can sin, but we participate also in this system of wickedness that we call evil. And this is precisely what the writer of Revelation is trying to help us to see and understand. What is this system and how does God help us to resist it? What John of Patmos, the writer of the book of Revelation, seeks to help us do is to get up on the balcony and have a wider view of this cosmic conflict between good and evil. On the one side you have Michael and his angels and on the other you have Satan and these fallen angels. And there's this cosmic civil war in heaven. And Satan, the devil, the dragon or the serpent of old is cast down with these fallen angels that other parts of scripture refer to as demons. And they are cast down to earth. It makes us wonder, when does this happen in the scope of creation? Well, because the Satan is mentioned as the serpent of old, it makes us think of the Garden of Eden. It makes us wonder if these events happen someplace between the early days of creation and the creation of people and their time in the garden. So this serpent of old, perhaps, is the same serpent that talks to Eve in the garden. Again, the book of Revelation is filled with symbolic language and poetic language. It's not necessarily meant to be read in a literal way, but it's meant to help us understand something of what's going on in this larger picture. So what the writer is trying to help us see here is something about the nature of evil. And what is it? Well, evil is produced. It occurs as an act of free will. Wickedness occurs as an act of free will. And so this Satan, this devil, this dragon or serpent of old, exercised free will to fight against, to be completely oppositional to God. And so this devil and these other angels are cast out.
This is how evil is created. Through an act of, through acts of disobedience, through an act of free will that moves contrary to the ways and the will of God. But what the writer also wants us to see here is that God wins. It says in verse 10, Now the salvation and power and kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. The accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them day and night before our God has been thrown down. We, we imagine a glimpse of the scene from the book of Job, the beginning of the book of Job and the accuser. This accuser who accuses our brothers and sisters, who accuses you day and night, thrown down. And these angels that follow God, they gained the victory over him on the account of the blood of the Lamb and the word of his witness. Because of Christ and the cross and the witness of Christ. And so, though our free will is distorted, though it moves us sometimes to to be a part of this system of, of evil that destroys, that corrupts, that oppresses. The system of evil that somehow comes from this early rebellion of Satan, who we sometimes call the evil one. Though this is the case, it does not have to have victory over our lives. And in fact, ultimately, it does not have victory at all because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witnesses. We don't have to look far to see that evil, that wickedness is all around us, affecting our lives, affecting the lives of people all around our world. We, we see it in the, in the things that press down on us, that oppress us, that weigh us down. We see it in all the conflict that we see across our society and across our world. Things that are pulling people apart rather than bringing people together. We see it in the ways that we speak about one another. The ways we, we demonize one another. The ways that we seek to make uh, each other afraid of one another. Systems of wickedness, not systems of righteousness. And it's easy to be overwhelmed by it. So what do we do? Well, here's my challenge for you this week. As you, as you think about these things that we've considered this morning, to pray. To pray and examine 
your life. Examine the things that you do, not only the sins that you do, but, but the ways in which you perhaps participate in wickedness. Not that, not that you are a wicked person, not that you are an evil person. Don't hear me saying that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is because of our sins, because of the things that we sometimes do, the systems that we participate in, we perpetuate these systems of wickedness because of our engagement with them. So ask God to show you one, one area, just one area of your life. Or write down one area of your life where you're, you, you're praying this week that God would, God would give you freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, Scripture says, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is, well, there's love. There's grace. And there's joy. There's new life. There's victory. Because of, as Scripture says, the blood of the Lamb. And so be praying. And, and take this piece of paper that you've written this down on and put it right here in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. Read over this passage and, and remember that this conflict is not one that we have to guess about who's going to win. We know that there is victory in Christ. Because of the Spirit of God working in you and through you, there is no part of your life where there cannot be, where you cannot know this victory, this peace, this love, this grace, this new life that is offered to you in Christ Jesus. Please pray with me. Oh Lord, we thank you for the freedom that you have given us. We thank you for the victory that is present in you. Lord, as we experience these systems of wickedness that are tearing our world apart, help us, Lord, to move beyond it. Help us to see it. Help us to be able to name it and identify it. But Lord, help us to move beyond it. Lord, for my siblings in Christ who are thinking on the areas of life that they struggle with, uh, the places where they uh, feel like they um, perhaps are participating in things that they shouldn't be, or the places where they say, gosh, you know, I, I just keep on hurting myself and hurting others um, in this or, or other places of struggle. Lord, I pray that each would know your love, each would know your grace, each would know the freedom that is in you. And Lord, as we live as a free people in this world, may we testify May we be witnesses of the 
power of the blood of the Lamb. The power that comes in a relationship with you. As the world looks to see where the kingdom is, help them to see this kingdom coming and this will of God being done on earth through us as it's done in heaven. And now gathering our prayers into one, we pray as our Lord taught us saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. And may the peace of Christ be with you. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can visit us at universityumc.church where you can find services, events, and other ways you can get involved. Remember that we love you. We hope you have a great week. We hope the peace of Christ is with you. And we hope to see you soon.